keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everyone to Wrestle Roasts. I'm your host, Robert Karpolis, and I am joined by an esteemed panel of experts here today. First and foremost, in crystal clear HD audio, Scott Chaplin. Scott, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you, dog? Dude, I, that was weird. I, I, I'm, I can't get away with someone calling me dog. Uh, <laughs> someone who can... <laughs> is our other co-host here today, Mr. Dan St. Germain. Dan, how boop, are you? Boop, 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 here with my dogs. How are you guys doing? Excited to be back on the show. It's great to have you back on. We had uh, we had Mike last week. I uh, listened. That, yeah. It was a lot of fun. It's it's always good to get uh, his, his take on what's going on. It's just kind of a fun time right now to be uh, a wrestling fan. Yeah, I'll definitely be on more as we amp up uh, throughout the Rumble season. Yes. As are, we, you, are you on the road for the Rumble? I am. No, I'm going to be in New York. Are you in New Ooh, York? We should try to watch it somewhere. I got a spot at 11, but maybe we can, yeah, we can watch together, but like in New York or something, you know, yeah, or, or yeah. My place. We could watch it my place too. All right, cool. This is the only way we all communicate, by the way, guys. It's literally just yeah. if it's the podcast, uh, you're all just flies. My on mom the wall. has died. Scott's been through a breakup. We haven't talked about it once. <laughs> we have just talked about uh, how Randy Orton looks jacked since coming back. <laughs> I was going to say, it's been, it was almost three minutes in before Dan said something about the way Orton looked or AJ looked. Uh, <laughs> Dude, or- AJ, I haven't been on since AJ's transformation. Holy shit. Do they not have a wellness policy? But daddy likey. I mean, I think they do have a wellness policy when you're on TV. When you're off TV, it's just like out of sight, out of mind. And, uh, I think the future is um, is like kind of duping wellness policies, you know? I mean, you're going to see people just become more and more jacked, and it's like, oh, no, it's just a type of fish that you can buy for a million dollars. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, but hold on, hold on. I can get why, like, if, you, or if you're taking steroids or whatever, like, your arms are going to get big. But, like, those abs are coming from the dude who's doing a ton of crunches and not eating, like, anything. Like, he's putting the work in. Yeah, well, you know, he's he he was very upset about uh, the last election, and he's um he's about to take matters into his own hands. Well, he's Rambo to, right now. Things are about to look a lot better for him in this election. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a big year for AJ Styles. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big year for AJ. In I ring, at a ring, on this flat planet, he's going to do great. Hey, look, uh, I'm I'm probably voting independent this election. This isn't a political podcast, but uh, you know. If you're Joe Biden and you want to run on a Democratic platform, maybe don't ban somebody from the ballot. Just 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 call me crazy. It's it may not be the best message in, in the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah well. he's, uh, he's t- Did you see Kamala Harris on The View? No. no. Oh, man. They're, they're running on. Um, we're scared. Shouldn't you be too? <laughs> it's fucking awful, man. It is so bad. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm I'm scared, but for way different reasons. RFK. Uh, I mean, RKO. RKO. Well, we know where Orton leans. If you, <laughs> if you look at most of who he's following, too, Randy and AJ, a lot more in common than you'd think. Uh, but uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk WWE, AEW, and all the other wrestling bullshit that you tune in here for on a show called Wrestle Roasts, where we don't do any roasts. But... No. Uh, First thing I wanted to talk about off the bat. I want to rebrand the show at some point, by the eh, way. People like to know. Do you have any idea how hard it is to get? Do you have to get Conrad and make a new fucking logo? Yeah, well, at this point, at this point I'm sure I'm sure, I'm sure, sure uh, we're high on Conrad's priority list. So. He's busy banning my other show from his other platforms. So he's got more important <laughs> are we still shit. On all, are we still on ad-free? We're still on ad-free. As, as long as Zach and whatever like uploads it, yeah, we we go up on ad-free shows and we thank those yeah. people on ad-free shows who who listen to us. And uh, it's a free show, guys. You don't have to pay Conrad money. In fact, if you want to pay us money, we have a stellar Patreon, the best Patreon in all yeah. of wrestling podcasts. Promise none of that money goes to Conrad or Nick Hausman. Yes, none of that money goes to Conrad or Nick Hausman. Uh, we, I did something to sports entertainment with this past week. Uh, we did, uh, we talked SmackDown and all the other bullshit going on too. Uh, that's a great endorsement for the, by the way, but no, it's a lot of fun. But what I want to talk about here is I turned off my notifications last night when, when dynamite started, I woke up to 112 missed text messages on a show where nobody died. And the recurring theme was kind of like the rumble is going to be fun. Is that is that fair to say? I'd say so. <laughs> I'd say so. But yeah, that, it, it seemed like every ten minutes we would kind of come back to each other and acknowledge that hey, at least the rumble is going to be very cool. It's one of the yeah. best builds of the rumble I've I've ever seen. Like you know, it's it's pretty. You know, do, do I think that the match is going to be as good as this build? Pro probably not. But uh, the build itself, it's like everybody's got a a point of view that's different and simple uh and i'm 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 really pumped i mean that's kind of the secret to the rumble is guys having motivation and then building little moments into it all due respect to scott's favorite thing ever the the continental tournament which was just a, a total success across the board built nothing but major stars and made me love math unconditionally but even on Raw on Monday night, there was that segment with Cody and Drew. And they're kind of like weaving in a bunch of real life shit that's gone on with them, as well as storyline stuff. And it's it's intriguing. It's like Cody could win, Drew could win, Punk could win. Rock, if he winds up in the Rumble, I think a lot of people think he's going to probably be the guy that, that could wind up winning it. Uh, I'm just overall positive about the, the build that they're giving to this one particular match. I don't see I don't see the outcome uh, as being unpredictable. I just enjoy the fact that it feels like there's 10 guys in it that are worthy of main eventing a WrestleMania. It's not even that oh who could. It's every year it feels like there's only one guy worthy of being there. And so many guys have knocked it out of the park. Or even a guy like Gunther, it's like, no, I don't think Gunther's going to win. But the whole time he's in the match, I go, wow, he really does deserve to main event at WrestleMania. Uh, it's like I, I agree. There was a good chunk of time in the early 2000s where 
the entire match was kind of like a bit until the final four minutes. It was, and then sometimes they're just like, we're going to give it to Del Rio. And oh, God, like, yeah, fuck? where you go, maybe technically deserving, but boo, boo, boo. Even like Sheamus won a Rumble, right? And, he and won, I like Sheamus a lot. The time, they they and, did, at the time, Del Rio was like, we were excited about Del Rio when he first came in. And when he first came in, not by the time he won the, when he won the, the Rumble and he faced Edge, people were kind of like, eh. But Scott, you said you think it's a foregone conclusion. Who do you got winning this thing? I think Punk wins it. I don't think Cody can win it. I don't think that's part of the story. I think part of the story is getting screwed at Royal Rumble, right? Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, you got Nakamura in there. Nakamura's not going to win the Rumble, but he's in there to go after Cody. So when you get that And and I don't... I I do think the person who wins needs to fight at WrestleMania this year. I don't want one of those, oh, the guy who won is actually going to challenge at Elimination. I, I think that's a bad move because they have done such a good job of making everything feel very important and kind of erasing like we just said a lot of the the negativity around certain aspects of things like the rumble or survival survivor series so it's like whoever wins is going to wrestlemania and i just think the rock coming out and winning you you get that immediate like gag of what he doesn't even wrestle he doesn't, but I think the tough thing, like it seemed at least you a could couple almost weeks. get that with Punk. Like, hey, he just returned, and he's not really from here anymore. You can almost get that, but I just think the story is too clear. You can, but Punk is back. Like it felt like we were gonna get Punk versus Seth because they've never main evented a show, and then you were gonna get Cody versus Roman and Cody finishing the story. But then when The Rock came back, it kind of fucked everything up. Yeah, because I. Like, I, I already, I don't think Rock Roman is happening at any of the pay-per-views we know of. I think it's going to be its own thing. Um, but I'm also probably wrong, and it's probably going to happen at Mania. Is that what you think, Robert? I think the possibility of the box office being that big for that show, yeah, you got you, you kind of have to do Rock Roman if Rock is willing to do it. You can't tell him what to do. It sucks for Cody because narratively he was the guy who should have won this, but you could just do Cody and Drew as the bitter guys who got cheated and have them face each other at Mania, and then I guess Cody win at SummerSlam, get closer to that Hogan milestone? Yeah, I've heard that's something. The um, Roman wouldn't have had the title this long if they weren't going to you know, top Hogan's uh, reign. I, well, no, he he had the title of the song because Rock didn't want to do it last year. Yeah, yeah. Dan, what's your thoughts on this whole Rumble situation? Well, before I get to my thoughts, I am at Yonkers Comedy Club tonight at 8 o'clock. You People in the Westchester area. Whore. Shameless horror plug. Uh, I, you know, I, I have no idea. It's really, like you said, it's what Rock wants to do. I, I've heard everything from... You know, Rock is going to has a movie commitment so he can just do Elimination Chamber, um, which means it would be Cody Roman. I've heard, you know, Rock is going to headline Mania. I, I, you know, they really have to like, I mean, I think we saw I, I wasn't here after The Rock came out a couple weeks ago with Jinder. But, you know, we saw how The Rock moved and. Yeah. We're going to, they're going to really have to, you know, like they need to book this match, not like Cena and Rock. They need to book this like Hogan and Vince at, at, uh, 
at 19. You know, they, they need to, they need to really kind of put the, put the kabuki on this thing and, and, and all the little tricks to make Brock look good because I mean, it is gender and God bless him. They, you know, Seth tried to do everything in the world to make that a great match on Monday. And it was, I know, you know, the best gender match I've seen, but it still was a gender match. Uh, so I, I don't want to totally, you know, say it's rock's fault, but I mean, Scott and I both were texting about like, you know, just the way that the rock kind of moved, you know, he's 50 years old, man. You know, and uh, and he's, he's but he moves worse than fifty year olds. That was that yeah. is um that is a guy whose heart wants to explode. He has to reassess how he works out. That shit was wild, man. Um, Jerry Seinfeld moves better than him. <laughs> like it, it was. Um, I'm not joking. It, it's a it's like a weird weird movement going on with him. And, and like that one time when uh he wrestled Cena and he tore uh whatever that thing in his chest. And and he dipped. Remember, he was supposed to be on the Raw, and he flew right back to L.A. or whatever the hell that was. Yeah, because um, fucking Hercules or whatever. Dude, that was like ten years ago. That was more than ten years ago. Yeah. And so we're like, he's been injury prone for maybe fifteen years now, and and he's back, and he's more bloated than ever. So yeah, they, they you're right. They have to kind of write a movie. And I'll say this though, who's better at like those slow movie matches? I think Roman's. Real legacy and his best shit was during the pandemic because there was no crowd and you got to just like watch a soap opera play out. And so Roman can do it with The Rock. But, yeah, they got to plan. It's got to be like Ronda's debut at Mania where you're like, God damn, is she the best wrestler ever? No, just plan every moment. Do a they gotta make it 14 minutes, man. They can't have it be more than 15 minutes. You know, it's got to be a lot of smoke and mirrors. You got to use the bloodline. Yes, you got you got to use Usos. You got to bring Rikishi. But I mean, really, you got to actually have Rikishi finally show up. It's got to be like all the elements of the uh, Samoan universe. <laughs> yeah, I think had we had they not basically come out and said like Roman is not going to Australia, he is not part of the Elimination Chamber show. Then there is an argument to have been made that you do Rock and Roman at Elimination Chamber. It's a less high pressure show you sell a shitload of tickets, then you still get Rock for Mania. Because Rock said last year he didn't want to come back because there wasn't a compelling, you know, groundswell, world-changing storyline. You have a chance here where if Rock loses to Roman because of Bloodline, and then he decides he's going to go after Solo, the guy who took out John Cena, and you have Solo finish off the Rock on the same show where Roman loses to Cody now the next six months is who's in charge of bloodline because they fake anointed solo as the next tribal chief now you have an internal power struggle I think that's in Rock's mind he's making a number of guys in that story yeah but, but you, know, what, you want to see Rock and Roman man I is, mean that's, is there a way you get Rock and Roman if, if you do if you were doing it at chamber if the idea was make he's the Australia shit dude he's no, not I gonna... know but, but they said that they weren't doing too I'm just saying, if they could, an ideal narrative situation would have been that. If you're getting one bite at the apple from Rock and it's WrestleMania 40, how do you not put him there? Because, again, this is the first TKO show. You got to make Wall Street really fucking excited and say this is going to be a billion-dollar gate. What I would do is um, you shave Damian Priest's head and he just wrestles as the rock and it's wrestling. And we have to admit what it is and have fun. 
<laughs> Rock would never go into a hot tub. Not, not way just do like a to. long shot. <laughs> Every time the Rock fights, it's like from a bird's eye view because it's Damien Priest. Yeah, that is that is that would that could work, dude. Pre at least Priest is like he's putting it together on Raw. He's getting way more entertaining. He's getting comfortable in that role. Um, it helps. Oh yeah, and I feel like they love him. And I was not oh, a Damien. I know they guy. love him. He's their guy for sure. He's yeah, absolutely the guy be, to build on. Dude, I saw him at a Ring of Honor show, and it if it wasn't his family there, they sure acted like family, and it was really nice to see. And even in that, at the Ring of Honor show, I was like, I, I'm not really into this guy. I like didn't care. And he is like, how many people in WWE have just – I think my high spot, a spoiler, is like Grayson Waller. Like these people are uh, – everybody is showing up. And I think it's because they're happy to be working where they work. And when that happens, all of a sudden, like, everybody is just firing off at all cylinders. Well, because you're getting opportunities, but you're getting to be yourself. And, you know, you see our truth goes from he was injured, he wasn't on TV, to now he's one of the hottest acts they have in the whole company. And they're spotlighting him. And they're making money off of him. It's what everybody who had been in WWE this whole time was, like, waiting for this chance to finally happen. They're doing it with fucking with Ludwig Kaiser. They're making him and this thing with Kofi something. So when you get that spot in the Rumble, Kofi always does his wacky spot. It's going to involve Kaiser in some way, shape, or form, and it's going to matter. We know Brock is going to be back for the Rumble, and I, someone on our thread said it like, you want to see Gunther and Brock square off at the Rumble in the match. For sure. Oh, remember McIntyre eliminating Lesnar? That was such a great big moment. Um, yeah, and was, again, McIntyre just—I think he's going to dominate and kick ass in the match in, in in cool ways. And then you have like a Dominic, where it's like, no, obviously they're not going to win, but in terms of a comedy act, it's like this is the best comedy act, and it's just yeah, again, very fun. I think they're going to be great. Like debuts and Drade will probably show up. I mean, who do you think showing up? I think so Andrade, the women's match, it's Andrade's, like Trinity. You could have Mickey James. So Andrade signed. Andrade's in apparently. Yeah. Uh, he that was uh, Sean Rossap had reported that that Andrade is is closed. There were some rumors that Sean Waltman might be a surprise entrant, which I think would be kind of fun. There's guys who just haven't been on TV recently, like Sheamus hasn't been around for a while. Hopefully, he's ready to to show up on there. I don't know what Braun Strowman's situation is. He's always a good just. Oh look, there's Braun Strowman. Or, what? Yeah. I think he's healthy. So you could do a surprise Braun Strowman thing. And then there's just guys like Sami Zayn and Jey Uso who were perennial main eventers for the last year. You could They're not going to win, but it makes sense. And it's also why that's, that fatal four-way with Roman makes sense because you don't want to have to eliminate Orton and AJ Styles and LA Knight from the Rumble because they're just kind of guys. So just stick them in a yeah. four-way. I was kind of annoyed by that, and then I realized it was a good move because – you know, the thing about as much as I want to see like Roman and Randy main event, a main a pay-per-view, we all know Roman's going to win. Yeah. Um, Randy then becomes a little less special, not a lot less special, but a little less special. And the story is, you know, everyone knows that Roman's not going to get pinned clean at Rumble, but there is a possibility that LA Knight gets pinned clean by Randy Orton and then you'd get the title off a of Roman without, you know, really losing his, his uh, getting pinned or submission streak. And Paul Heyman, you know, tells the whole story with his face. So I, I think it is a good move 
to have that as the as the Royal Rumble main event. The more guys you can take out of the Rumble who aren't going to win but are big stars, the better. It's why Kevin Owens is facing Logan Paul. Like, Kevin yeah. wasn't winning the Rumble, but you don't want to eliminate him unnecessarily. So the guys that are in there, and this is kind of the, the Triple H era, like, he thinks about a lot of this shit. It's like, well, if Jey Uso's in there and he gets eliminated, it's going to have to mean something. When Sammy gets eliminated, it's going to have to mean something. Um, it's not they all... Jay and Jimmy at Mania? If they don't do Jay and Jimmy, they could do uh, Jay and Sammy versus Jimmy and Solo. Yeah, you, I guess. You, you got to give them something, and there's only so many singles matches. I'd assume we're going to probably get Orton and AJ coming off of this, and then I, I think Scott had always... Hmm? I like that. Yeah, but it's heel Wait, AJ. What do you mean again? Face. See, that's my problem. I like forget a lot of times that thirty-five you can tell they're me they're for the first time ever. And that was they had a good match at thirty-five, but the lighting was all fucked up. Randy used well, to tweet. Well, that's because oh, yeah. so Robert, remember last week we were talking about uh, Sting and Darby fighting the Bucks, and we were yeah. like, it be, and and you were like, it should be FTR, and in my head I was like, yeah, you you have a point. That's valid. Dude, I forgot I was there when they Sting fought FTR and Darby fought. I didn't even remember because it didn't matter. It wasn't it that matter. great, you know. Yeah, but that's uh, kind of so it. Just like, Damn. But I think I think Orton. You could do Orton and AJ again with different motivations with heel AJ, babyface Orton. I think the crowd would enjoy it. LA Knight's gonna probably have Logan Paul, which is at least something for him to do. And no, then, that's massive, man. That's massive. It is, and it gets L.A. Knight away that's from like, anything that's important. That's the highest L.A. Knight is, and I'm not even knocking him, but right? Isn't that like an amazing peak to have? Yeah. Yeah, if, if he goes over. I mean, if, you know, like, they're not, like, <laughs> like, you know, like, Hunter is, if 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 the steam keeps, you know, it, I, it, it seems like the steam, the bloom has come a little bit off the rose with L.A. Knight, and if it keeps coming off the rose, they're not going to have him beat Logan. They'll save that for another guy. Yeah, there's there's other guys you could eventually have. I mean, you could have Carmelo Hayes beat Logan and yeah. make that guy. But or fucking Grayson Waller sure. seems to be the the hottest Robert? baby face. Oh, yeah. Robert froze up. Oh no. Oh, well, he, it's me and Scott talking. You hear me? <laughs> oh, he's here. back. Yeah, he's I, back. I, I was able to hear you. I don't know what happened to me. Oh, he's fucking paused again. No, 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 he's back. Oh, there he is. Hold on, I'm gonna move rooms. Stop doing cam girls while we're we hear you. We hear those little coin slots. We have to edit those out. All right, betting man, you're in Vegas. Who mm -hmm. wins the rumble, Dan? I guess Punk, right? You're right. Yeah. I mean, it has to be. It has to be Punk if I'm a betting man. Yeah, and I don't want like a confusing ending. I don't even want a controversial ending. But I, I, I think Punk is going to get like that thirty spot. He'll win. And people will be able to point it out as like, a, oh, you were barely in it and you won it. But Cody was 30 last year and no one complained about it, which I think will be fun. But I think, you know, this Seth and CM Punk storyline rides on like, hey, haven't you noticed Punk is showing up part time? Like all these things feel very intentional. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, just happy Punk feels intentional. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the whole the whole uh, i mean i'm sure he is happy because i i feel like ew like really turned punk into like he's no longer a mark you know what i mean he's just like 
oh, okay. Like, uh, if I if I become a mark, this is what happens. Uh, you know, I get kicked out of a company, and I take it too seriously, and I get into fights with nine hundred two one zero star sons. So I might as well just you know rock. Let's look at this uh, little show breakdown that uh, Robert sent us, Scott. I'm, I'm so, gonna... yeah. What's next up? Dynamite. Next up is uh, Dynamite or Dud. Oh baby. I've got him. I've got the notes written down. Okay. All right. Can you can you try to say what happened in the first hour? And if you can't, we're gonna take over. That's fine. Uh, first hour was uh, Christian Cage versus Dustin Rhodes in 2024. Uh, a swerve promo <laughs> where where he talked about being focused on being champion. Uh, a Chris Jericho Matt Seidel nightmare factory situation where Jericho's audio was. The crowd audio was muted, so you couldn't hear the fact that they were screaming for his head. Uh, Orange Cassidy and Trent took on Penta and Commander. Uh, and then Roderick Strong cut a promo where you hope that they, mu- they muted his microphone. Uh, Hangman Adam Page was like, oh, shit, there's a world title. I guess I'm going to go after that. And then there was the Mark Briscoe uh, coming out for the, the tribute. That was our one. I'll start out with Christian Cage versus Dustin Rhodes. I, I, you know, this match was like, it was almost like, it was like, all right, honey, we're going to watch a nice wrestling match. Nothing, nothing too crazy. You know, not, nothing, everything looks good. It, this is, it's a fine match. And I don't know. I just, I think that they're missing a little bit for not having more story and more personality stuff come out with Christian. You have like a whole front row where guys are dressed as Christians. Clearly he's over right now. This whole character is over. So I'd like to see it more, but yeah, I mean, I have no, no complaints about the match. It's almost like the match was like created by Jim Cornette to make him happy. You know, I mean, as far as like a beginning, middle and end, what did you think, Scott? Yeah, no, you have a point. This match felt like I was recording it on VHS. Like it felt like um, Sunday you know, Night Heat like 2003. Night. Yeah, no, it felt like tomorrow night a new episode of Married with Children was coming out. It was like 98. It was, which was nice. I liked it. There was something com- uh, comforting about this match. Yeah, it felt like eating, you know, like a grilled cheese and a tomato it felt soup. like childhood. Yeah, I liked it. I genuinely enjoyed this match. It was fine, but it's it's Dustin who can go in the ring, and it's Christian who can go in the ring. But why are they investing time and energy in Dustin when he's probably not going to stick around for that much longer? Like he's most likely the first chance he gets, going to go join Cody in WWE to kind of wrap up his existence. And so to give Dustin the moment where he kicked out of the kill switch and he laid out uh, Luchasaurus and he laid out Nick Wayne. You're giving the guy a lot. And I thought they gave him a lot against Swerve, and that was unnecessary. Yeah, there there does seem to be a lot of, like, good grace things, especially when it feels like a guy will be leaving. Like, they do everything in their power to ensure he stays, but they never stay. There's no reason for him to stay. How much they're going to pay Dustin? He's not, like... He's not going to care. <laughs> you know what I mean? If Tony gives if Tony gives Dustin way more money than uh, Levesque would, that's the big win for Dustin. He's going to stay in AEW. No, because like, he he's never been in the hall. Like that's that's the long, that's the long term payday. You're such a fucking mark. No, dude. no, no. 
Dan, he can get he can get the hall at the end of his career if he does another three years with AEW and then comes back as a producer for a couple. Of, I mean, if he's retiring, maybe. But if Tony's going to pay him more money, why wouldn't he stay in AEW? Doesn't well, make Tony's any- going to pay him more money, sure. But there, it seems like they didn't keep QT. They obviously didn't keep Cody. Those were Dustin's guys. What's the motivation for Dustin to really stick around or for them to want to keep him? But, but we're looking at the Cody thing with like. 2020 hindsight we forget that at that time like cody was having these matches with where like people were booing him and like the whole like if i'm tony khan like maybe i let maybe i let cody go you know i don't think that that was the craziest thing that he did you know cody like becoming huge in wwe you know was a a pleasant surprise for cody and it does speak to him as a wrestler, but we forget he wasn't doing that great in AEW when he left. He was he was cold product when he left. Yeah, but I think he a was, lot of that had to do with the show. Yeah, I think um no, I just think you know sometimes guys stuff in in wrestling it gets a little stale and they have to go away for a while and come back. And I think Tony should have stuck his neck out more for a guy who helped make that company happen. Um but instead, he just was very – it seemed like he was very okay with him leaving. And I think he should have at least pretended that he wanted him to stay. Well, it's because Cody and the Bucks were not – Cody and the Bucks were not <laughs> getting along, and Cody was like – you know, he saw the writing on the wall. Is that true that they weren't getting along? That's a real thing? Yes, they they professionally – not personally, but professionally speaking, had different visions for how they wanted AEW to go. And Cody ultimately decided to go do his own thing. And look, neither of them got their way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. You want to move on, Robert? So yeah. So there was the there was a swerve promo where he didn't really. All right, where's Robert got again? I mean, this is crazy. What? Yeah, um, all right, Robert, come on and off or something. He's he's like yeah. It's the most annoying thing on Zoom when, like, they, they think that they're speaking fine, so then they act like, what? I've been here the whole time. And it's like, none of us can hear you. None of us can hear you. Okay? You're living in, a, you're living in like, a weird multiverse, you know, where you're you're not the problem. You're the problem, Robert. I don't understand what the hell's going on, but – because it literally shows, like, I'm on and everything's working, so I don't yeah, it- fucking know. It's, it's that right. it's that few minutes before Scrooge realizes he's like a a ghost thing flying around, you know. Like, Why don't you answer me? I'm right here. I'm not in the. <laughs> it's true. Scott's references. Why are like, is she so sad at the table? <laughs> or like Hanna Barbera, or like 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 steam steampunk Mickey, you know, steamboat Mickey, steampunk Mickey. <laughs> I mean, fucking references. Anyway. Um, right. There Robert's was a, out in the cold wondering why we didn't invite him to the dance. <laughs> no, I can pretty much figure out why I'm uninvited to most things. It doesn't really surprise me at this point. Uh, there was a swerve. <laughs> pro- yeah. All right. There was a swerve promo. He didn't say much. We can move on from that. But there was a Jericho promo where they're oh like, they're hard pressed to keep putting this fucker on television despite everything that's going on when it's so easy to just not put him on TV for a little while. They're, instead, they hide him in the back in this in this pre-tape interview, and then they mute the crowd as soon as he starts talking, which is so fucking stupid. I, I Dan, why, like this is the dumbest thing ever, right? Uh, I mean, can we talk about Chris's tweet this past week? Where by all means, 
uh, <laughs> was it something like uh, 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 like soar with the eagles? What was it? Let me let me pull it pull it up. The tweet was fucking hilarious because you you can't soar with the eagles if you surround yourself with turkeys. And then he didn't let anyone respond, but like the Jericho fan sites, it was hilarious. Uh, yeah, I, I think he needs to go away for a little bit and come back. Um, <laughs> that's I mean, his. This... Um, <laughs> that's his. Every rose has its thorn. He was actually um, announcing his uh, ballad, his arena ballad song. <laughs> from monsters of metal <laughs> what is it called singing <laughs> i'm on a show with the eagles don't trip on the turkeys buzz the ballads the worst songs from 1991 <laughs> uh yeah man i mean i think that like Jericho, like the only thing he could do is like, like come out and says he like he has Roman's leukemia. That's the only thing they can get him over. <laughs> and then we'll forget about everything that happened. We'll just feel sorry for him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, the whole thing is just look. It's perversely for me to watch. It's just perversely kind of enjoyable to see, uh, to see Chris, you know, like just like just the flop sweat that is uh just beating his forehead every time he gets and then like he's like matt seidel you're evan born like the whole thing was just like like it was like remember remember this and then i mean the the, the whole and then poor matt seidel who it seems like he's like his aew career we we don't look we overlook it a lot but he has had one of the most cursed aew careers from slipping on the ring when he first made his debut to now being like chris jericho's redemption rampage opponent i mean this guy has i mean that his new gimmick should just be him carrying around a short end of a stick you know because i mean <laughs> <laughs> this guy this guy this guy has had no luck in that company well and no. also chris jericho has such an ego that you know part of the reason he's putting himself out there is he Okay, so I, I watched the uh, the match on Collision, the street fight, which about 10% of it takes place uh, amongst the crowd in, in the actual arena, yeah. uh, intentionally because they were trying to avoid boos. But once he's out there and you know people are booing him, you really get this sense of like, oh, he's interpreting this as he's Jesus and dying on the like. There's, an, <laughs> you know, he's he thinks he's like being he's like I, I'm Socrates. No, like, yeah, he thinks he's Chris. being like exiled for like um being a genius. Like he he really does not know what's happening. He um he I I really think his next move is like he's gonna talk to us like he he thinks he's a philosopher or something. It's gonna yeah. be bad. He's gonna be at Russell Brand. Wherever he goes next is like is the next level of ego. He is not gonna learn from this. He is gonna think he's a genius from this. No, Tony thinks that Tony thinks we're gonna forget that this stuff, and it's just we're like they're just gonna plow through it, and everyone's gonna be okay with what happened. We will forget it, but it's we're not gonna forget it a week later. Scott, you were saying about the Jericho Cruise. Uh yeah, I think there 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 is this sort of hostage at sea situation where you know people buy tickets last year or in the summer, and then this news breaks and they still got to go on the cruise. It's uh, it's just very uh, funny. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. Like, sure, to Jericho. No, I don't want to go on the cruise. 
but man, uh, all bad. It sucks. I, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I mean, the, the, you know, in traditional wrestling, you'd lean in and, and just, you know, you'd lean into the heel aspect of it and you'd make it like, you know, you'd have him like, like just backstage making everyone sign NDAs, but they can't do that because, you know, then Tony gets liable, I guess. Well, they, they could have, if they did a full throated, like Nick Hausman's full of shit. We, we know the facts. Jericho's completely innocent, but they haven't done that. And that's the part that's so fucking yeah. weird. But they can't do that if there's an NDA, right? Well, they, they can't do it for a number of reasons. All right. Robert's gone again. Scott, are you there? Yeah, I'm there, and I have no answers about NDAs. But... Yeah, neither neither do I. I feel like I feel like this is uh, uh, this is our higher power telling us to uh, move on from. Although <laughs> higher power, Vince and NDAs. Uh, w- let's move on to. It's just uh, so the... funny because I I think the cruise is like next week, and he's gonna do like karaoke. There's just gonna be like all these this video footage of him having like jimmy buffett fun it's uh it's uh it's that is going to be very comical his, his downfall is like so in front of us and and odd it's a peculiar instance i'm all well, we, for it we forget that like jimmy buffett actually looked pretty good at the end jericho looks way worse than jimmy i, I guess yeah i think I, I guess i mean the the man jimmy sings about the man jimmy pretended he was <laughs> like J- jimmy jimmy singing at the nfc championship like two years ago or three years ago whenever the fuck that was like it's way better than any performance jericho has had in the last like five years because Jericho's doing this thing now where he's like shirtless and he's doing the like the little like uh you know the the uh four seasons temptations type of dance back and forth and i mean it is just hilarious looking i'm excited for the pictures that come on the cruise of just jericho surrounded by girls in bikinis what could possibly go wrong uh orange cassidy and trent took on penta and commander i thought the match was great after the match the kingdom come out and roderick strong tries to cut a promo and he got lost in a hurry Oh my goodness, man. There's nothing. I mean, like, you know, like him grabbing that microphone back from orange and then orange looking like, okay, (laughs) finish what you have to say. I mean, that was more burial than like anything, you know, that the rock could have said to gender a couple weeks ago. I don't know this, this, this undisputed kingdom thing. I mean, it just feels, you know what it feels like? It feels Scott, I don't know if you agree with this. It feels like when they brought back the NWO with like Shawn Michaels and the Big Show. Oh like, gosh, that was hell. Yes. Yeah, it, it feels like that. Like, but like e- even worse because there's nobody who's as big of a star as Shawn Michaels. Yeah, and even that version of the N- NWO, there was a sense of chaos, right? So it's like right. they were this devil group where they were chaos. And uh, they did destructive things and they made MJF lose his title. And and then their goal was we are this undisputed kingdom, and but we're still going to cause disruption. And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to challenge for the titles. And then like when they first said it, I'm like, OK, let's see where this goes. And then this week it's like, oh, we're just going to walk out and challenge like in a regular manner. And then we're going to fall back like like the way the Miz would be a heel, like, you know, in like the most tacky lame heelish way. Um, 
Yeah, this this was not good. It also was fun. I thought the match before was fun. It it felt very rampagey, but it was a good match. But damn, yeah, yeah this uh, this wasn't it. It was a good match, but the whole devil storyline, we were all saying like this better pay off huge. And now that it's happened, no one gives a fuck. It's like so you 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 created this devil persona to go after Orange Cassidy's title. Well, I think that the, the bigger story is the AEW World Championship, but they've kind of got a cool thing going with the world title right now. So it it fe- and it feels like, well, what's the world title story with Undisputed Kingdom? Is it just, you know, Wardlow getting the title and then like basically telling the same same story of MJF and Wardlow, but with Adam Cole and Wardlow? I I it it's you know, this whole thing is just uh I mean, it just bombed, dude. It just bombed. You know, the whole, the, 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 they just did not think this through because, I mean, they're already hinting from a couple weeks ago when you have like Wardlow looking at Adam Cole suspiciously about, you know, Adam Cole's title plans. And now they're going, they're like trying to like, you know, uh, backpedal on that and make Adam Cole look like he supports Wardlow. Meanwhile, like the one funny thing about Roderick Strong was he was like kind of this comedic character, but now he doesn't have the neck brace and he's just like a normal, like technical wrestler who's going after Orange Cassidy for a title that like has been diminished because Tony brought into this new title. And I'm not like, uh, look, I I, want to like whenever I pile on the criticisms like this, it feels like I don't want AEW to succeed. I really do. Like, you know, even though WWE is on fire right now, I, I still want there to be a really like, you know, uh, important number two. And and we'll get to the stuff I like about AEW later on. But, you know, this, uh, I mean, this whole Undisputed Kingdom thing has just been a huge, I don't think it's helped anybody they faced. I don't think it's helped them. I mean, I, am I being too harsh here, Scott? Uh, you know, currently there is nothing. Uh, look, I'll say this. I think the what happens next on Dynamite is the good part of this Undisputed Kingdom thing, and it should be the only piece of it. And 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 Roderick should be a part of that, which is, you know, Roderick along with these other guys were a part of attacking the acclaimed and Bullet Club Gold, which is six guys. And those six guys should be on your asses and you should be concerned about those six guys. So the the orange Cassidy element, it just falls flat because you go from where and how, and you're right. This title isn't important. And uh, orange Cassidy isn't involved in any way when it came to the devil, right? At least I don't remember the devil messing with orange Cassidy. No, they want to go after all the titles, uh, but who cares? Like that's such a weird story to tell that the whole reason we created this yeah, was we're going just, after uh, all again, the titles, think... but we helped Joe win the title when we could have just broken Max and then had one of our guys go after it. Maybe you just yeah. fix the whole thing by the Undisputed Kingdom uh, going down in the Jericho cruise. So, <laughs> you know, it's it somehow like Jericho's like global warming isn't real. And then he like, you know, he runs the cruise into a melting iceberg, and then they all just, you know, like, maybe not drown, but they're at, lost at sea for a couple of weeks, and then they come back, and they're like, uh, we had a lot of time to think. Uh, oh, yeah. They make, they, make everyone, they make everyone sign an NDA that no one ever saw <laughs> the devil storyline, and we just, we just move on from it. Uh, the weird thing with this presentation in this segment was 
you have Taven and Bennett, who again are supposed to be these satanic monsters disrupting all of AEW, and they're out there with Jay Briscoe armbands when no one else is wearing Jay Briscoe armbands, which was a very weird look. I didn't even notice that. Hmm. So after this, they they did the Mark Briscoe came out to do the Jay Briscoe tribute, which was really nice, really classy, really well done. Good video package. They yeah, brought my wife out, who was in the room like cried during that. Well, they brought out his daughter when they're like, yeah. she's never gonna walk again. And she walked like it was it was a really beautiful moment. Uh, and then it was immediately followed by the Young Bucks backstage interview. So before I give my thoughts on this, uh, we'll start with the softest of the three. Scott, what did you think of the Young Bucks interview? Yeah. Well, obviously, I um the the Briscoe thing I thought was like massively uh sweet and beautiful and um just like with the Brody Lee thing, what gosh, it was last week, right? Uh I, I know we didn't enjoy those Brody Lee tribute matches, but the fact that they played things throughout the show, just like they did this tribute for for uh for Jay, they do a really good job of this stuff. And yeah, just the family and all that, that was a really uh, amazing moment. Um, then the Bucks, this, this gimmick is gonna, is gonna bomb hard. I, uh, you know, I, I said in the group chat that I personally thought Matt Jackson, uh, cut a good promo. I think, uh, you know, I think the Bucks are younger than we think, you know, they're in their early thirties. Uh, um, he might be like 29, but I think they're like 30, 31, something like that. Uh, or Matt is. And I think he knocked it out of the park. Um, but the content. Oh, they're dude. They're late 30s. He, he's 38? Uh, Matt Jackson is. Yeah, they're my age. What no. are you talking about? Matt Jackson's the youngest one, right? Matt Jackson. Is Nick is, the, no. Matt Nick, Jackson. It says here Matt Jackson there. is 38. What the 1985. Fuck? Yeah. Wow, Matt, the- the way time flies. Yuck. That's anyway. Good. Nick Jackson's um, 34. Oh, jeez. How old am I? <laughs> <laughs> so okay, anyway. Wait a minute. Well, Comedy was I, a bad I, I, idea. I, I, you have all these realizations. On- <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. That really messed me up. And, um, but yeah, I thought Matt did deliver like a um, in terms of being consistent with words that didn't fumble and it did make sense in the context of what he was saying. But it it is too on the nose. It is too disputable. And what's pretty amazing is Tony Khan kind of really ruined this. Game. I mean, he obviously especially ruined it. Um for obvious reasons. But last week when he had his online tantrum was really a big moment in admitting uh, the toxicity of the online uh, wrestling community and kind of going, hey, we need a break from that. Like everybody decided by the end of last week, yuck, that Jinder Mahal stuff was so gross of Tony to do. Um, The way people are like arguing about cage side uh, match ratings now and people are going on cage side and acting stupid. And so everybody agreed by last week, like, we're done on this. We're taking a break from that bullshit. And then this gimmick relies on, oh, the internet is toxic and we're going to uh, shit on on that idea every week. I don't think anybody wants to hear it anymore. I could no. talk about this this for an hour. I thought, I don't, I don't know. I just think it's a... Uh, 
there's a way to do it and they just like it's too on the nose um I think they are mocking how the internet views them, but the way the internet views them is also how CM Punk views them. And so when it just feels like they're feuding with CM Punk and that is really gross. And you're never really going to get that match. Not only are you never going to get that match, you're getting CM Punk like winning over on the other side. You know, we are excited about the Royal Rumble. We're excited about CM Punk probably winning the Royal Rumble. And now you have these guys in in a feud with Sting and your storyline has so much not to do with Sting that you have to point out like, oh, also Sting aren't these things we're complaining about. He's great, but we also just have to get rid of him because he is the old guard. Like fucking what? Well, then so is Dustin, who is day one. Then so is Jericho, who is day one, and we don't want that feud. So it's like after the Sting feud, who are you even going after? Um and the Matthew Nicholas thing, again, it's just like too much of a stretch where it's like we can hate you and have fun with this. And and, and on every level, you're taking it like 10 steps too far and it's a bomb. What's annoying is we talked about the FTR match last week that I said I wanted to see. Because... Uh, Robert is <laughs> Robert's out again. Hold on. No. Fine. You keep fucking. Then you give me your thought. <laughs> yeah, what, what did you think of the, of the promo, though? I, you know, again, it's like you're not going to get the match. What we know from the box, this is all we know. Like, if, if you're okay, if you're going to do a shoot promo, right? About it, it's clearly the whole promo was about punk. We know that Matt Jackson got his ass kicked. We know that punk wanted to do business and they wouldn't want to, they didn't want to do business and they didn't want to interact with punk backstage. Uh, then we know that punk left and is killing it on the other show now you're bringing this up you just have to do something this is why you have a creative team and i don't have the solution here but you have to do something so different and i was kind of excited about the bucks versus sting and darby because it's like the last sting darby match that you can kind of it's the last rabbit you can pull out of a hat but uh you know you have to you have to come up with something that is just completely different from What's going on on the other channel? You don't, you don't try to, you know, you don't try to chase uh, Scott. You weren't watching WCW, but at the very end, you know, and this was like during the Russo era, they were always trying to like, you know, and this is, this isn't that bad. So I'll, I'll give them that, but they were always trying to like chase the dirt sheet controversy and it didn't do anything, but make them look, you know, second rate. And I fear that this is just going to, you know, make the Bucks look second rate. We forget that, like, you know, like the Bucks should have, like, I mean, the Bucks should just, like, come out and be like, look, we've, we've delivered some of the greatest matches in this company's history. Like, focus on that. But instead, we're focusing on, you know, these weird shoot promos. Uh, and and they're, they're not that great at him. I mean, I thought Matt Jackson did fine, like you said. But it's not like their strong suit. They're not, you know, they're not Brian Pillman. They're not, they're certainly not CM Punk. I just don't know. I don't know what the benefit of it is. So the point that I was trying to make was when I wanted to see the FTR Sting match was if you're going to give Sting one last match, the story should be about Sting's last match. And my fear last week with the with the Bucks was I didn't want to see backstage bullshit. I didn't want to see insidery nonsense take over Sting's last match. And the entire promo was 
about the getting rid of cancerous superstars, which is what Seth Rollins called Punk a year ago. And now you're trying to rid the company of people that don't belong there, which was WCW's like new blood millionaires club feud. And what we saw in TNA like three different times. So if you're putting guys on your show that shouldn't be there, why the fuck am I watching your show? Yeah, I, uh, I, I just don't, I think it's just going to, you know, and then what's the story here? You know, it's like, clearly they're going to try to put the tag titles on Sting and Darby, right? Before this, so yeah. the event is for the tag titles. So then this, like the, unless like, look, the ballsy thing would be like punk just, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, the Bucks just completely ruin you know, Sting's farewell, and then you get, like, super mega heels from it. Like, they don't give Sting the farewell at the end of it. But that's not what's going to happen, right? What's going to happen is the Bucks are, Bucks are going to win, and then they're going to hug Sting, and then we're all going to clap for Sting in Greensboro. And, you know, and then they're going to go back to this meta storyline after, after they shake their hands. You know, the whole thing, it's just, it's very, like, it, you know, like, there's there's just no continuity. What's well, the other thing? You're doing this in Greensboro. That's not exactly like Smart Central. That's old school wrestling fans who want a good old school wrestling match. They don't want to give a shit about backstage politics. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, I have this weird thought in my head. Has anyone brought this up yet? That Sting actually does have a singles match in him, and he's leaving AEW because. Triple H knows they did him dirty in that WrestleMania match, and Triple H is going to make it up to him. I mean, I'm sure Sting, if, if, if they promise Sting a lot of money, I'm sure he'll do a match with WWE. You know, like, there, you can always tell who's on the who's on the outs with WWE because you you can see who's talking shit about him. Like, right now, Goldberg is on, had been on, like, a shit-talking tour about WWE. Well, mostly Vince, but... You know, so it's like, well, clearly they don't have any plans for Goldberg. But if they if they gave some money to Sting, he would, you know, he doesn't give a fuck. He'd come back to the. He fight. owes nothing to AEW. No, he doesn't owe anything. He's 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 been a great employee for him. You know, he's just oh, that guy is that that guy is like, you know, the most loyalty he had was to Dixie Carter, and now like that's done. So, you know, he's not he doesn't care about anything else. I, although that would be hilarious if Tony went Tony went after Sting on Twitter for signing with WWE. I mean, that would just be the ultimate. I mean, maybe lean into it. You know, if you are going to go this way, have like fucking Tony Khan manage the Bucks. I don't know. Turn it into like a whole, you know, like we're in conjunction. We, you know, we we were the guys who pushed Punk out of here and it's our company. And, and then you create a real heel stable that you can have your baby faces go against. But, uh, you know... The most exciting new young guy is Swerve, and he's a heel. So I don't know how that would benefit him. I don't know. Well, the Saudi government has a lot of money, and we've never seen Sting Taker. Yeah, but Taker has gone out of his way saying he's never going to do that. Yeah, well, again. Yeah, and money. I think Sting is the type of Christian where, like, he uh, he, he he won't fly anymore. He'd become like, you know, the type of Christians who become so Christian by the end of their life that um, they're almost Amish. I think that's Sting's route, right? <laughs> Bullet Club Gold beat uh, Brian Cage in the Gates of Agony to win the Ring of Honor six-man titles. 
Uh, the acclaim came out after for a stare down. I'm guessing we're going to unify two useless six man titles. No, no, it wasn't a stare down. It was a join us. It was look. It was a. It was look. We all have gold. We're all awesome. Let's fight the uh, the bad guys. Do you need two six man tag titles? Well, I know. I think it's stupid. I think obviously, eventually, you're going to unify them. I hope. Because I think Tony has failed the trios titles. And I think, um, so why not just have it on Ring of Honor? But now you're going to have Jay White go from former number one contender for the world title to Ring of Honor six-man tag title guy. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, again, I think it's just like a group of guys who have gold on them who are going to be going after the undisputed uh, kingdom. But... Yeah, sure. I I don't see winning any belt as a downgrade, but eventually the turn needs to happen and they need to be going after the acclaimed and not just teaming with them. Yeah. Well, Adam Cole quit WWE because they tried to make him <laughs> a tiny mouthpiece for a bigger, more impressive looking superstar. And on Dynamite, we got Adam Cole cutting a promo on behalf of Wardlow going after the AEW world title. So the prophecy has been fulfilled. I mean, the only way this made sense for me is like, did like, is if Wardlow had just fucked Brit before the promo, like he had that like look about him, like I'm getting one on this Adam Cole guy. Um, but instead he just said, boom. And, uh, you know, I, I thought boom was the audience, uh, interest plummeting during the segment <laughs> I mean, yeah I, this this thing sucked when is when is cole supposed to come back as an in-ring performer i don't know because people weren't sure if his injury was legit now that we know it's legit it's like it could probably take another several months oh my god at least past the march pay-per-view brutal uh speaking of brutal we got Deanna Perrazzo versus Anna J. Uh, Anna J. just turned babyface like two weeks ago, and yeah, was there a turn? They they had her last week as part of like the the tribute show for the tribute thing for Brody, and I guess she got like sick of the infighting with the Jericho Appreciation Society, so now she's a a babyface. But it's weird because Deanna Perrazzo is supposed to be like the babyface number one contender for Tony Storm. And the crowd just didn't know what the fuck to do. And when they don't know what to do, their default is absolute silence. Yeah, I, I mean, I just didn't I didn't think the match was was very good. Um, you know, I think like it's 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 almost like when Tony Storm's on screen, you're like, oh, this is an interesting character. I want to check out Tony Storm. But I also like, you know, Tony's like, you know, she's the character's great. Right. But it's a little bit like The Fiend. In that, like, I don't know who else she's gotten over. Like, she's definitely gotten herself over. Um, but, you know, when, but instead, you know, you know, it almost like has to turn into this Tony Storm vignette. So, you know, uh, you know, like, like the fiend would turn red, it turns black and white. And it, it seems like it kind of slows down everybody around them. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I can, I, that to a degree. Yeah. They definitely need to build up uh other women aside from her which i think they're they're getting there 
but yeah, having Tony on commentary, especially when the fans know she's so good at it, like it's already been a few times if we're doing it and she knocks it out of the park. There's such fans of it that when they're in the crowd, they can't hear her commentary. So they're just like, damn, this is more for the audience at home and not us. We got uh, Private Party against Top Flight. I guess this was sort of billed as like the dream match because these are the the up and coming like Edge and Christian Hardy's next wave uh, tag team. You're probably building up Private Party because their biggest match ever was beating the Young Bucks. So you need people for the Young Bucks to beat. This was good, but I don't think anywhere close to the potential they really have. I didn't watch this match. I skipped this match. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. Uh, dude came back from injury and he's like wearing a shirt because he's like he's gained a little weight. Stuff like that is always not fun. Um, I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying it's it's not fun to see a guy come back from injury and he doesn't look better. It's it's usually more fun to see a guy come back and he looks better than ever. You know. Um, I wasn't crazy about this, and, and, and it felt very rampagey. I think both teams are really fun. Uh, all four guys are really talented. But I think this entire episode of Dynamite, you were like, oh, yeah, these guys are good, but damn, don't they have a bunch of other guys who are better? And I'd like to watch them this week. That's what it felt like. Well, the main event was uh, Hook and Samoa Joe, and I enjoyed the hell out of this match. I thought they told the story really well. I thought the beats within it worked. The the moment where Taz took off his headset and looked genuinely concerned. Uh, Hook's babyface comeback was strong. Joe beating him in the end pretty decisively with the chokeout worked. Since you already choked Max out with it, it's already established with the crowd. Uh, Hang, Hangman and Swerve kind of lurking around in the end to kind of see where you're going for the world title. I thought all this was uh, was an absolute home run. Yeah, I agree. I loved it. I thought Hook selling was so good. Uh, or just Samoa Joe's very real wrestling. I don't know which one it was. That's how it, fun this all was. Yeah, I thought Samoa Joe looked dominant. Hook looked really good. I mean, there was a piece of it. Do you think they overdid the uh, him getting up from Samoa Joe's finisher and continuing to get up? I saw people say that, but that was kind of his gimmick. Like he's like the the little engine that could. Yeah, I, I guess my when guys kick out of finishers and stuff, and they have these like hulking up moments. It, it was like a Hulk up moment, you know. And I think when you, in order to do it in a mod you have to kind of sell that it's based on adrenaline and you're not fully there you know it's like the only way it makes sense in a fight and i feel like just the selling of it he just kept getting up instead of like selling that oh my god he's running on something else right now you know and yeah. so it just I, I it kind of took me out of it and then they you know they did they do the thing where they they add extra time onto the show which is nice but then they don't know what to do with the extra two minutes so like Hook left the ring, then got back the ring because they were like, well, what do we do? Uh, there was a few things like that that just to be like nitpicking I, I, bothered me. Dan, do you have any thoughts Dan? on this match? 
mean, I, I ultimately thought this was a, a, a really well-told story. I mean, my, my, my takeaway is, you know, what are they going to do with hook after, you know, because you did, you built up hook really nicely. Um, you know, you, 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 you know, I was, I was kind of concerned, you know, in my head, I was like, do you put the title on hook? Just like do something completely different. Um, but I think that, you know, I, I think they made ultimately the right choice. He's not, he's not over enough to become champion. So have it be a slow build, but you know, I, I, I think that Tony has a real shot now and a real opportunity, you know, to just really focus on hooks booking in the next year. You know, so we when we finally get Hook winning winning that big title, it means something, and you can kind of tell this you know mini Goldberg story, you know, uh, or this mini Taz, however however you want to you know however you want to uh, package Hook. Um, but I, you know what I'm what I'm concerned about is we're just going to see you know Hook in a meaningless tag team or something in a couple weeks from now, or or Hook's not going to get TV time. And, you know, I, you know, they're going to forget about hook. Like, I, I think that, you know, you really should be pairing, you know, maybe have hook go after Christian, you know, p- stick him with a strong heel and uh, have him kind of learn the business more and have him, have him beat a bunch of guys again. Um, but I, you know, it's, I, I just get nervous because, you know, the whole knock on Vince is that he would get un- uninterested with guys and then just kind of forget about him. And I think Tony's like that to like the 10th degree where, you know, he'll, he'll do something with him. And we've seen kind of like, and, and I think that that was such a bummer about this gender thing. And he was defending this hook thing where it's like, if he hadn't defended the hook booking and he had just let this kind of thing exist, then people would have seen like, Oh, hook could be a real, you know, main event, main event star. But instead the story became about, you know, is Tony unhinged and, and uh, does Tony, you know, has has uh, you know, has Tony kind of lost control? So I, I, don't I thought think it was- loses interest like Vince. I think Tony overestimates how much stuff matters to fans. Like in his mind, this idea that Hook was twenty eight and one would resonate so strongly with the audience that no one's going to question the booking. No, but I'm I'm talking about separately. Like we've seen it, we've seen it now with Adam Copeland, right? Where it's like, what is what is he doing right now? You know, like Tony kind of has a plan for somebody, and then you know he gets distracted, and and he has all this TV time to tell all these stories, but you know we're we're kind of losing, we're kind of losing what all these stories are. It's Look, because- is the only person I would I would be fine with allowing. Goldberg to come into AEW and wrestle. He can only wrestle once. I do not want him wrestling anybody. I know people have pitched MJF. I think that's ass. But Hook versus Goldberg is uh, uh, if you let Hook win is the only is the only way Goldberg's allowed in in that company. I think that's a great because Hook does he has this like gimmicky thing where you're right there is like this tiny superhero in him. You know. Yeah. You know, it'll be interesting. I really hope they don't drop the ball on him because they don't have a lot of top tier baby faces right now. And we don't want to see MJF as a baby face when he comes back. So, you know, what, you know, really build hook right now. You know, I think hooks your top baby face. I don't know. I think until shows back dude. till, till Jack Perry returns from new Japan and, <laughs> and tells him that he's been uh, sitting on his throne 
Jack Perry is finishing a story no one wants. <laughs> so that's so that's where I'm going to transit. So I was going to I'm going to do high spot, low spot because my low spot of the week was the the Jack Perry New Japan piece. Uh, Jack Perry shows up at a New Japan show. He's wearing an armband that says scapegoat. He's ripping up his AEW contract, and you're paying off a storyline. That hasn't happened on TV. It's all the backstage bullshit, which is the same thing you're getting with the Young Bucks. And you got him ripping up his contract at a point in time where AEW politically seems like a total fucking mess. This was a huge fail, uh, in my opinion. I mean, can we say it's a huge fail if it's on like New Japan Strong? You had one opportunity to bring back Jack Perry, and this is how you're doing it. Like, it's goofy and weird. What, what would you? What would you have? Uh, what would you have done? Well, you. The problem is they haven't acknowledged anything with him on TV. Like he just vanished and he went away. Well, because he's a scapegoat. <laughs> he's a scapegoat when they haven't used the scapegoat. <laughs> it's it's because they stopped booking him, and that's why he showed up in New Japan and ripped up his contract. Because why do I have this contract if you? have ousted me, refused to use me, don't call me. It wasn't that the whole conversation, they weren't even like contacting Jungle Boy and uh, CM Punk. So it's like, hey, you've literally completely outed me and then acted like I was even a piece of the issue. So I'm going to go to New Japan. And and here's what you have to remember about New Japan. They don't really have like anything. They didn't for a while have anything to really like bite into a reason to tune in other than a great match right and since tanahashi has shown up which has been like only a few weeks him being president you do have these moments uh like matt riddle being there um nick nemeth being there getting a cage match in a few weeks you know uh so seeing jungle boy show up as jack perry and being the scapegoat would I have liked it in AEW? No. In New Japan, I think this is the best thing you could do for Jack Perry because, like, worst case scenario, he actually proves himself in New Japan in the ring, and then he can come back with, like, a little chest hair. His face does not seem to be aging ever. He looks like a guy who's going to have a young man's face <laughs> for 25 years, and so he's going to have to, like, actually earn street cred, and that's... And that's taking New Japan bumps and and wrestling New Japan matches. And now the scapegoat thing, again, in AEW on American television, yeah, I think it's a little lame. In New Japan, where it's a translation and where when you're watching it, they're screaming, scapegoat, scapegoat. Uh, It's fucking, (laughs) that's a great name. If his finisher is like scapegoat and they scream it the way they scream Destino, uh, when Naito does his finisher, like we we got a we got a star on our hands, and so I'm not going to be so negative on it because I think it could have been a Young Buck situation, which we realize is is bad, and instead it's something that we're talking about New Japan, and you know the matches are going to be good, so all net positive in my opinion. All right, my uh, my high spot of the week. <laughs> I guess uh, whatever. Uh, defend your defend to the point your, where that will be my high yeah. spot. The proper utilization of certain guys. Guys need to go to New Japan. Guys who people 
people feel iffy about, funny about. Remember, like, when Sammy, everyone was like, this Sammy Guevara thing is kind of a dud. He should have gone to New Japan. I think it was during the pandemic and he couldn't have. But I think when people sour on you, um, especially, like, the internet sours on you, you prove yourself in the land of actual great wrestlers. I sour on this because you're telling a story from the backstage incident that led to Punk getting fired, which is something that has never been talked about on AEW TV. No one's really commented on it with the exception of Tony Khan's I'm fearing for my life promo. So if you would have brought Jack Perry, if you would have brought Jack Perry back on TV, almost like what you were talking about before with the Jericho stuff, like lean into it. Just don't acknowledge what happened with him, but let the crowd who wants to hate him hate him and then give the mainstream audience a reason to dislike him. That to me is more interesting than I'm going to show up in New Japan and, and rip up my contract because we saw from the Cody situation where Cody went on TV and was like, hey, I don't really have a contract. And it turns out that was the case. It, it doesn't put anything in a positive connotation. You're not making great money from it. If the idea was he's he's been sent to New Japan to improve or whatever it is, so be it. I don't like that it's the scapegoat and you're piggybacking on a real-life situation that, quite frankly, every time you bring it up, you're reminding the fans of how fucking stupid your company is. <laughs> well, that's true. This wasn't a Brett screwed Brett situation. That's that's kind of my my my, my take. No, but, on it. but but Jack Perry did not deserve to be touched at all. Um, what he said was, I mean, we were we watched it live. We didn't care. It was like, you know, Crimea River, real glass uh, glass Crimea River is so ineffective, and it's just very obvious. Uh, Punk was not having a good day. <laughs> like that's that's the truth of it. Yeah. Uh, my, my, uh, my high it was such here. a it's just wrestling it's just i understand anyway. if we go hey jack perry was a bitch leading up to this you know that could all very well be true that moment is nothing most people liked it when it happened we were just laughed and we thought we were going to continue watching a, a great show my high spot of the week. <laughs> the uh, at, And the age difference is like huge. Dude, CM Punk I'm is getting, like 40-something and show. Jack Perry's like 24. He like attacked a kid. It's hilarious. And we're mad at Skip. Goat! <laughs> Penn State <laughs> University's uh, coach tweeted out congratulating uh, Chris Killings on his thousandth point uh, in a game. And in the tweet, apparently his dad, Ron Killings, was there, and they attribute him as Ron Killings of the Judgment Day is <laughs> part of the actual tweet from Penn State's coach complimenting his son. This is the best example of why our truth is a fucking national treasure. And I loved everything about this goofy little moment. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if they're going to do Dom and, uh, Dom and Archer the Mania. I like that. Oh, I love that. I know. I mean, it would be kind of fun. No, no. You do Dom and Nick versus R-Truth and Little Jimmy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Damn, what's your high spot, low spot? Uh, I'll start out with low spot. This new Dana Brooke gimmick is just like, well, she hasn't cut a promo yet, so she's not saying that it's 
uh it's a tony storm ripoff but it's a tony storm <laughs> ripoff i mean i don't know if, if you've seen it but she's like you know she's coming out dressed in the pearls and you know in the sunset boulevard gimmick and she has uh, a little guy with her in a tuxedo yeah it's just come on man just like it you know like you have your big shot to do something different you know like you have, you know, Hard to Kill is like one of the few times that the eyes are going to be on TNA this year. And they had some cool stuff, you know, shout out, you know, Nick Nemeth. Um, and, a, you know, I thought his interaction with Moose was good. But, yeah, I mean, I just thought that was kind of like, come on, man. What, what, what are we doing here? This is just, this is like Gilbert levels, you know. Um, and I, I guess, <laughs> I guess High Spot, now that, now that Kevin Dunn is, is out they're going to be letting jeremy borosh do a lot more backstage and you know i mean jeremy borosh everything from you know the final deletion of tna to the boneyard match and in wwe he's kind of the king of you know taking chicken shit and turning it into chicken salad and it sounds like hunter has all the faith in the world in that guy so like you know i i, I really hope that that guy gets to do some cool shit and yeah, just the mania, you know, like the Royal Rumble build in general. I mean, you know, there's people like I, I know how people how excited people are about the Rumble by like my casual fan friends texting me. And I've, I've had a couple people text. So I'm excited for that. And Stone Cold Law is still alive, folks, at Peacock. So, you know, I'm trying to speak that into existence. There we go. That's a high spot. Uh, oh, uh, I mean. Yeah, there's a few high spots. Uh, I, I know we're short on time, so I will make one of them a low spot somehow. Um, so my high spot would be Grayson Waller when um, him and L.A. Knight were on a, a, a news show and they did that typical morning news thing where they like disrespect the uh, the craft or art form of the person they're interviewing uh, without realizing it. And so they were like, why don't you do one of your finishing moves on one of our guys? And it's like don't make me do a move to a guy and then he hops right up and this is all very exposing and uncomfortable and not a joke, you know? Um, and so Grayson Waller kind of put them in their place and was just like, I will knock this dude out if you ask me to play fight and this isn't cute and you're disrespecting us. And it was just fun. I, I like when pro wrestling um, gets angry at the public for disrespecting it. <laughs> it's, it's good shit. And then, you know, this was going to be a high spot, but I'll turn it into a low spot. Uh, Hulk Hogan apparently saved a woman um, after she flipped her car. <laughs> yeah, we have to talk about this for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I just want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about the, the man. The, this is the biggest know, wrestling story. First off, Hogan was just saved. I don't know if you guys saw this a couple weeks ago. He got he got rebaptized. Oh, yeah. we talked about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, in the white bandana, and now he's 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 already like living, like you know, you talk about Christ's kingdom, man. Fuck the undisputed kingdom. Hogan's running the 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 kingdom of the Holy Cross. I, I heard that. Well, he said it that I guess he popped her um her airbag with a pen he got from the church. <laughs> it was probably a steroid needle. He's like, no, brother, this is the new pet. This is a. <laughs> what I also love. Did you see the picture of it? Did you see what he was wearing? Oh my <laughs> god, I know. He's in a fucking NWO t-shirt. Casually <laughs> <just laughs> while driving around. <laughs> With his new wife. 
Kanye just dresses as his character. It's amazing. Oh, but God. yeah, I don't know I mean, how to turn that into a low spot. I do know, and I haven't heard. I any mean, the low spot is Nick Hogan head. really could have used that press. Yeah. <laughs> Man, to talk about it going to the wrong Hogan to save. But you know, I heard that Hogan was by the end of the month was going to get like honored in some fashion by WWE. I heard this in December that they yeah. were going to somehow bring Hogan back into WWE and honor him for some reason. Um. And now that all this stuff is happening, I'm like, what sort of CIA operative, <laughs> like, what's, what's Vince's new job now that he doesn't work at WWE, that he can make Hulk Hogan look like a good guy, and we'll all cheer him if he if he's on Raw next week? Well, no, this was, the, Brian Knobs put a bunch of, like, broken glass in the road, and that's what this girl drove over. <laughs> the car was Brian Knobs. Yeah, Brian Knobs had a girl in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, Hogan this whole year, all he's been doing is talking about Christ. And he was also briefly pushing uh, a match with Shane and him at WrestleMania 40, which I don't I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yes. Well, um, let's move on to any Yonkers related plug oh, that anybody may oh, have. Oh, so funny you should mention that, Mr. Karpolis. Yonkers Comedy Club. I will be there uh, tonight, Friday night, uh, January 19th 2024 and january 20th 2024 so uh check me out i'm gonna be out on the road a lot more this year i'm opening for dan soder at the wilbur in february uh, i'm gonna be at moon tower comedy festival in april dallas comedy club and Teehees in march and my uh new special dance fatty dance which will be on 800 pound grill and all things comedy websites will start at 800 pound grill and then all things comedy that will be premiering at the end of march so uh maybe early april i'm gonna know for sure on tuesday so i will be back to but i i, I saw a rough cut of the special and uh the guys at two buffoons who were the production company they did joe list specials and you know they, they just did a wonderful job with it so i'm, I'm really excited for you to see for you to hear and you can hear the first audio you hear is sergeant slaughterhouse scott chaplin introducing me on stage so check oh it out. shit all right, Scott, what do you want to plug? Oh, I got another podcast out for Smokes, and that's it. Enjoy your weekend yes. again. I'm excited to see the special, because depending on the... the crowd, oh, you're in it, buddy. You, oh, you might it. see the back of my, my fucking head uh, and see just how much hair I have lost. So you see I'm the light, Do you see the stage lights glistening over Robert's bald spot, like half the half the special, so... It's actually got the hook logo on it when it shines. <laughs> can we project? Can somebody, some one of the one of the forbidden dorks? Can you project the hook logo on Robert's bald spot? <laughs> yes, that that's that'll be the high the highlight of that uh, that show. You can follow me on Twitter at wwcreative underscore ish, and I have another podcast called Rumor and Innuendo every day with Nick Hausman. Uh, and in spite of that, you should still watch it. Yeah, buddy. So. Uh, I've checked I, it out a couple times. I, oh, I love it. I listen to it. It's a fun show. Yeah, I enjoy doing it. It's uh, it's good stuff. Uh, and every I mean, it, it's a really hard. It's you know, it's like watching Hasbro and Carpalus together. It really is like Clooney and Brad Pitt and Ocean's Eleven. You know, the just the smoldering chemistry between them. You know, like who's the who's more of a leading man? You can't even tell. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> uh, Scott, what do you want to say to the fine people? Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Thank you all for tuning in.